Praise God. Let's lift our voice up to God. Father, we just thank you for this time that we have together. We thank you for the greater one who indwells us. We boldly declare greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We thank you for the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. He that raised up Christ from the dead quickens us, lifts us, blesses us, equips us, and enables us to do the will of God. Lord, we're grateful for it. We are a thankful people. Thank you, Lord, that you woke us up this morning. Thank you, Lord, that you put coffee in our cup. Thank you, Lord, that you put bread in our toaster. Thank you, Lord, you put protein powder in our yogurt. Thank you, Lord, for bacon and eggs. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. We declare surely goodness and mercy is following us all the days of our life. And we're dwelling in the house of the Lord forever. Now, I pray, dear God, that you would use me to speak to your people. Lord Jesus, you are the great shepherd of the sheep. I realize that I am a child of God under your lordship. So I ask you today for utterance. I ask you to speak through me to exhort, to edify, to comfort, to bring blessing to your people. And we pray the eyes of our hearts would be flooded with light. And we pray that our hearts would be strengthened with the Spirit of God and might. And so we shall leave this place renewed and filled with your glory and blessed by your grace. We pray it all in the matchless name, the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus. And everyone said amen Amen. and amen. amen. Seated you may be. Open your Bibles this morning to 1 Peter. And I want to look at a scripture that we looked at last week. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 18 and verse 19. He says, you know that in the time past you were living in a worthless way. Was that you? A way passed down from the people who lived before you. Somebody said, well, if it was good enough for grandpa, it's good enough for you. Not necessarily. But you were saved from that useless life. And so we've been saved from worthlessness and we've been saved from uselessness. Now, if you have not yet discovered your purpose for being on planet Earth, I exhort you in the name of Jesus to discover it. Because when the trumpet sounds and we go before the Lord, we are all going to want to hear, well done. Amen? And so our point is, our principle is that we're working on in this series called, Who Are You? Question mark. Who are you? And that is this, that if your identity is based on anything that you can lose, it's based on the wrong thing. What it does is it makes you vulnerable because when it's gone, who are you? What do you have? We looked at Matthew chapter 7, 
And we discovered that the man who hears the word and does the word, that when the storms of life come, because his or her house is built upon a rock, an unchangeable rock of Jesus and of the word of God, it will not be shaken. Because you have valued the word and you built your life on something and someone that never changes. That's awesome. Now, there's a lot of sandy Christians. They built their life on the sand. We may call some of you sandy at the back door today. No, I'm just kidding. And you know... Being on the sand is okay until the storm comes. Being on the sand is okay until the flood arises. But once the crisis of life come, and once the pressures of hell come, if our life is built on the sand of hearing God's word and being filled with the knowledge of God's word, but never doing anything about it, great will be the fall of our lives. Why? Because it's built on something that can be lost. Oh, my brothers and sisters, stop pursuing trivial things of this age. Stop pursuing trivial things of this world. And sell your life out to the King of kings and Lord of lords. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his way of being and doing right. And everything that you need in this life will be added unto you. Somebody say amen. Amen. So hearing what he said, believing what he said, and doing what he said puts you on a rock that cannot be moved. Now... I want to talk to you about loss today. And I want to talk to you about the main culprit that causes people to be afraid of losing something, someone, or something. Are you ready to hear it? Open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 2. Verse 14 says, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood... He also likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him, notice with me, that had. Had is past tense. Had means he don't have it no more. He don't have it no mas. He destroyed him that had the power of death, That is the devil. I got a newsflash for you today that the enemy ain't what he used to be. He is a has-been. And Jesus' victory is our victory. Jesus' triumph is our triumph. Thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be unto God who always cause us to triumph in Christ Jesus. And notice verse 15. Read it with me. And deliver them who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Notice two words. Destroy and deliver. There is no more bondage 
for the child of God who lets the faith of God rise up on the inside of them and the love of God become real to them, it will cause every fear to be dispelled. Dread cannot exist in my life and in your life when we're delivered from fear. Now, here's what I know about fear. The fear of death includes a myriad of fears. Some people have the fear of crowds. People have the fear of flying. It's not airplanes that they're afraid of. They're afraid of crashing and dying. People have the fear of heights, the fear of spiders, the fear of eating a certain type of food. I want you to understand that all of those comes to the and attached to the spirit of fear of death. And you and I are not to be imprisoned by fear. In Romans chapter 8 in verse 15 it says, You've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby, what are we crying? Let's just call upon our daddy right now. Abba Father. Oh, we worship you. And so I believe that we can get free and stay free from the fear of death. You know what? If you're not afraid of dying, that means you can leave the house. If you're not afraid of dying, that means you can take a trip. If you're not afraid of dying, you can get in the car and go somewhere. If you're not afraid of dying, glory to God, go eat something maybe that you weren't supposed to eat. Now, I'm not a dietitian, And you better be careful about that. But you do not want to let fear hound you at the dinner table. Amen. And so, the enemy, what he does is he loses leverage when you and I have no more fear of death and no more fear of loss. You know, I've discovered this, that the death rate is 100%. How many folks do you know that were alive in the 1600s that are alive today? You see, compared to heaven... (laughs) This place ain't much. Now, I like California, and I like Hawaii, and I like beautiful places in the earth, but it, none of it can touch heaven. None of it. The greatest riches in this world cannot touch the unsearchable riches of Christ. The greatest homes that are built throughout the United States and throughout Europe cannot touch the mansion that he has gone to prepare a place for you. The greatest jewelry you can wear cannot compare to the pearly gate. And it's not a gate of pearls, it's one pearl. All of the money in Fort Knox cannot touch the riches of Christ and the river of life that flows from the throne of God. Oh, come on, somebody. Woo, glory to God. 
We need be savory devo Sunday, Ligishta la Paya Nola. We need to come up in our thinking and set our mind on things above, not on things of this earth. For the things of this earth are only temporary and they're subject to change. But I live in a place and you're going to a place filled with glory and filled with grace that shall never change. And you shall rejoice and be with me forevermore. Hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. Yeah. That's you. That's me. You know, the great thing about it is when it's time for us to go, we know where we're going. Isn't that awesome? You know, in Philippians chapter 1, I want to read a couple of verses to you. Philippians 1, 22, verse 21 through 24 says this, for, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I don't know. Now, here's the dilemma that Paul was in in verse three, uh, 23. He says, for I am in a strait betwixt two. In other words, you know, I, I want to I go to be with the Lord, but I, I need to be here for you. He says, I have a desire to do what? Depart. To depart and to be with Christ, which is kind of okay. You suppose, your, suppose your relatives that are there are better off by far? Suppose some of your friends that are there are better off by far? Paul says, it's far better. Glory to God. It's far better. In verse 24, he says, nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. Amen. Oh, I'll be honest with you. There's been days where I just soon checked out. I'm not going about talking about depression or being sick or anything, but, you know, you just get a glimpse of glory, man. It's good. Sometimes the pressure gets on you and say, oh, Lord, Jesus, take me out of here on the, you know. You ever felt like that before? But I know that my Redeemer liveth, and I know that he has a purpose for my life, and he's not finished with me yet, nor is he finished with you yet. So you ought to live your full life out, run your race, amen, do all that God's called you to do, and then check out if you want to. How many of you have ever been on vacation and woke up in, in the morning and just, oh, man, I just dread going to Hawaii. I just dread going to the Bahamas. Man, I, I don't, oh, man, I don't want to go to Disneyland. No, you don't dread your natural departures, do you? When you get to that place, the enemy loses his leverage. Very, listen very carefully. The fear of loss is another way of saying the fear of death. Now, I've done this before, and so have you, because there is proper etiquette at funerals. And there's proper etiquette at home-going services. Isn't that right? I mean, on one hand, we're sorry to see people go uh, because we sense and we feel their loss on this side. But this side isn't the end to all. There's another side. And, uh, you know, I believe that the greatest thing you can do for a family, for a loved one that's gone on to be with the Lord, is just be there for them. Tell them that you love them. Cook a meal for them. Love on them. Speak kind words to them. And I've done this, and I'm not rebuking myself or anybody else that's done this. But oftentimes you'll hear these words at a funeral or at a dinner afterwards. Well, you know, I'm sorry for your loss. 
Well, what that kind of denotes is that they're gone forever. That denotes that's a loss you can't get back. I'm here to tell you the death of a loved one or a friend is not an irrevocable loss. You see, all of our springs cannot be in our personal relationships. All of my springs, all of everything I have in life is not in Brenda Thomas. All of her springs are not in me. All of my springs are not in the fact that I'm a pastor. My springs are in who I am in Him and whose I am in Him and what I have in Him. At the end of the day, my brothers and sisters, I'm not a bishop. I'm not a pastor in the presence of God. I'm simply His child. My identity is not in what I'm doing right now. My identity is in the same fact that I am a new creation in Christ Jesus, that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. My identity is the same as your identity. And in Christ, no one is better than anyone. It ain't about me. It ain't about PT. It's about Him. Hallelujah. And so our identity can't be in a person. As much as we love them, here's the good news. If you have a family member that's gone on to be with the Lord, they're not only in your past, but they're also in your future. Well, come on now. They're not only in your past, they're in your future. Oh, but there's so much I wanted to say. Say it now. There's so much I wanted to do. You're never going to get to be able to do everything you wanted to do. But you know what? Who says you can't do it and have what you wanted to do be a zillion times better there than what you had planned here? Don't think for one moment that heaven isn't an awesome place. Don't think for one moment that you're not going to stroll up and down the streets of glory dancing in the Holy Ghost. Hey, come on over to the Thomas Mansion for about a thousand years. We'll fellowship. Then we'll go over to your place and we'll have some good times. You talk about letting the good times roll. Let them roll. Amen. <laughs> Woo. I hope you're getting happy because I, if I get any happier, I'm going to run down Hesperian Boulevard and shout glory to God. They're not in my past. They're in my future. Yeah, sometimes I want to pick up the phone. I want to talk to my mom. I want to talk to my older brother. I want to talk to my sister. Yes, I want to do those things. But understand this, that it is a temporary relocation. And if you will live your life for Jesus Christ, even though you miss them, even though it hurts, by the word of the Lord, you will see them again. Now, I haven't digressed from my subject. The question is, who are you? If it is based on something you can lose or someone you can lose... It is on shaky, sandy ground. Oh, friends, we need something that's going to anchor us. We need something that's going to anchor us. Hollywood's not going to anchor you. 
keeping up with the Joneses over there isn't going to anchor you. Amen? Look at Hebrews chapter 6. And I'll read this from the Amplified Version. Hebrews 6, 18, verse 19, Amplified. It says, This was so that by two unchangeable things, his promise and his oath, in which is it, imposs- it is impossible for God ever to prove false or deceive us. Isn't that great? Yeah. We who have fled to him for refuge might have mighty indwelling strength and strong encouragement to grasp and hold fast the hope appointed for us currently and also the hope that is set before us on the other side. Now read verse 19 with me if you would. Ready, read. Now, we have this hope as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. It cannot slip. It cannot break down under whoever steps upon it. A hope that reaches farther and enters into the very certainty of the presence within the veil. Anchored. 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 Anchored with a sure, with a steadfast hope. No one can take, you, take it away from you. This world didn't give it to me, and this world cannot take it away. This hope enters in beyond the veil into the very presence of God. This confident, favorable expectation that you have for a better life and for you to be debt-free and for you to be healed from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet, this confident, favorable expectation that you have on this side to serve Him with every bit of strength you have is a godly hope. And even though in the natural it doesn't look good sometimes, you just do like Abraham did. Who against hope? Come on now. Who against natural hope? When everything looked like it had never come to pass. No, you tap in and you plug in to a supernatural hope. Hallelujah. A hope that enters into the presence of God. Listen, your faith and your hope pleases God. No one can step on it. No one can beat the call of God out of your life. No one can beat what God has put on the inside of you, out of your life. No circumstances, no unpaid bills, no doctor reports. There ain't no devil in hell big enough or out of hell big enough to stop the work of God in you. Is that right? That is right. You better believe it's right. And in believing that and in declaring that, he will watch over his word to perform it in your life. For you see, the eyes of the Lord are running to and fro throughout the whole earth, even in this auditorium, to show himself strong on your behalf. Show him your faith. Lift up your hands. Lift up your voice and rejoice in your midnight hour. And God will invade your circumstances with his glory and with his power. Come on, let's give him praise right now. Woo! Glory to God. Can't beat it out of me. Oh, you'll not have revival in the Bay Area. Just hide and watch. It's not a question of not having it. We're having it. It's just going to get greater and stronger and stronger and stronger till he returns. Amen. 
We are not beggars barely getting along, hiding in the cave, waiting for the rapture to happen. No, we are alive. We are awake. It's harvest time. We've got our sickle ready. We're watchful. We're sober. We're praying. We're believing God. (laughs) Just in case you were wondering. Everyone say anchored. You see... Many Christians, good people, wonderful people, and this is not judgment or being critical, but many people, because of their past, are plagued with insecurity. Many people, because what they've been called and how they look and where they live and how much money they have, how much money they don't have, they're plagued with insecurity. And if that is the case... That is because their value and their identity is based on the wrong thing. You know, I'm really excited about this teaching. I wish some of you would get excited as well. I'm really excited about this teaching. Because I know what it did for me back in the 70s. I know what it did for me in the 80s. I know what it's done for me in the 2015s. This word, the Holy Spirit will set you free and keep you free if you'll keep your mind and your affections upon what you have and who you are and whose you are in Christ Jesus. You see, he's not kidding when he says, look into the perfect law of liberty. He's not kidding when he says, meditate in the word of God day and night. And you'll be able to observe to do according to all that is written therein. And then you'll make your way prosperous. And then you'll have success. He's not kidding when he says in Psalms 1, Blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of God ungodly, or sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And whatsoever he doeth is going to prosper. He doesn't call this a book of liberty if it's going to bind you up. Listen, if what you are hearing on the radio, if where you are going to church is not setting you free, put on Joseph's syndrome and run as in tear. And stay with the word. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm staying with the word. I'm staying with the Holy Spirit. See, I believe in God that we're going to see just how valuable and how precious we are to Him. Turn quickly to Proverbs 31. See, people have based their life on things that they will lose. That they will lose. If you base your life and your identity on things that are unsure, you better be prepared that one day you're going to lose it. Some people's identities in their looks. You know, society, Los Angeles, this is how you ought to look. 82 pounds. Skinny jeans. I got one leg that's about 82 pounds. I can't fit into those skinny jeans. And I've discovered you don't have to be a, you don't have to wear skinny jeans to be anointed. Look this way. Tuck it. Lift it. Bind it. Loose it. Whatever. (laughs) 
I mean, I'm for anything and everything that works. If the barn needs painting, paint it. I'm for lotions. Amen. Whatever works. But we cannot place our value on what we weigh or what we don't weigh. Whether we're tall, short, heavy, skinny, your value is not based in those things. How long can you keep your good looks? I get scared sometimes when I look in the mirror. To pull that scripture out, God didn't give you a spirit of fear. Shanda la 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 baha. <laughs> Especially in the morning, scary. We were down in Southern California at John's house. I was just getting to know Livy, and I woke up and came out of the bedroom on my way to the bathroom. My hair is like this, one eye. She's ah! <laughs> She ran. As in terror. You never lose who you are in Christ. You're not going to look the same at 50 that you did at 18. But if it's based on that, you lose your identity. People have their identity and their strengths. You're not going to be able to run a marathon at age 60 like you did when you were 23. Are you listening to me? And then people have their identity and their possessions. The big house. The fancy car. I'm something else. I'm telling you right now, i got a fancy car. 15 years old. Hallelujah. <laughs> their jewelry. Their possessions. Their gold. What, what they have. I even see it at ministers' conferences. You know, ministers can strut just like you can strut. <laughs> How many people you got in your church? As if to say, if you don't have as many in your church that I have in my church, you ain't nothing, bro. <laughs> Woo! Glory! I'm glad my value is not based on us having thousands of people here to Heart of Bay. I'm glad our value is based on in Him we live, in Him we move, and in Him we have our being. Possessions. Don't let possessions possess you. You must possess your possessions. There's nothing wrong with possessions, but you understand, my dear brothers and sisters, sooner or later, it's all going to be ash. It's going to melt with a fervent heat. Says, Pastor Mark, are you talking about global warming? No, I'll go to step further. I'm talking about global melting. Amen. Who are you without the house? Who are you without the expensive car? Who are you with the des- who are you without the designer clothes or the jewelry? You see people oftentimes and it happens in the local church. It happens in the marketplace. People have their identity tied to their position. Well, we need you uh, to help us today, usher. Well, that's not my area. I'm over this area in the church. 
God has given me in charge of this area in the church. Don't you dare come into my sphere of influence. That's nothing but a religious spirit. Their value is based on their position. Listen now. In Christ Jesus, we are not to be independent of one another. We are to be interdependent. That means we all have a part to play. And we all roll up our sleeves. And we just bless God, get her done. Look at your neighbor and say, get her done. <laughs> and so if my identity is based on anything I can lose that makes me vulnerable because those things can be lost in Proverbs 31 and verse 30 and this is interesting because it's in the context of the virtuous woman but I've discovered that there are principles for the virtuous woman that also are applicable to men of God like you and me Notice with me in verse 30. He says, favor is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman that just got a facelift, she'll be praised. A woman that has become a cougar. Pastor Tom's looking at Kimberly. What? What's that? <laughs> Take notes. <laughs> no. A woman that fears the Lord, she's going to be praised. The Amplified says, Charm and grace are deceptive, and beauty is vain because it's not lasting. But a woman or a man who reverently and worshipfully fears the Lord, they're the ones in the eyes of God that shall be counted and praised. Another translation says, charm can be deceiving and beauty fades away. Another still says, charm is deceptive and beauty evaporates. If you're afraid of losing something, your value is in the wrong thing. Come on, somebody. For which cause now? We don't faint. Listen, though the outward man is perishing, right? Though this outward man is perishing, take care of it. You know, use it for the glory of God to the max. Rest it, you know, balance in your life and all those things. But at the end of the day, the outward man is perishing. But guess what about this inward man? Your inward man and my... Oh, I want to run. Your inward man, it's being renewed day by day. One day your outward man will be removed and you'll get a new glorious body. But on a day-to-day basis, your inward man, it's being renewed. And I believe this. That God is enabling everyone in this auditorium. I believe that he's going to cause our youth to be renewed like the eagles. Hallelujah. Listen, 
You can be 90 years old in your body and young and full of life and full of the Spirit and full of faith and full of joy down here. And I've discovered this. If these forces and these issues of life are active in your life and your spirit, it'll affect your body. It'll affect your mind. I mean, look what happened to Sarah. Sarah got quickened. You can be quickened. So what am I saying to you today? I'm asking you to focus more on inner beauty than you do outward beauty because inner beauty never fades. There's riches we can't lose. It's the unsearchable riches of Christ. So when you look in the mirror and you see a wrinkle, you're not moved. You look at the stock exchange and it was down, you're not moved. Because all that is going to perish. All that can be lost. Here's what Peter says. Don't depend on things like fancy hairdos or gold or jewelry or expensive clothes to make you look beautiful. This applies to men and women. We're not so concerned about fancy hairdos, but we like rings, we like gold, we like nice cars. Come on, guys. Nothing wrong with having those just so they don't have us. Don't place your value and don't depend on them. But here's what he says. But be beautiful in your heart by being gentle and by being quiet. This kind of beauty will last and God considers it very special. I want you to look at verse 3 and 4 in the Amplified of 1 Peter 3. Here's what Brenda shared with me in between services. You ready? Who will give me five more minutes? Well, that's two. Okay, I'll take ten more. Thank you. Brenda shared this with me. You know, it says, Who adorning, let it not be the outward adorning of the plating of hair, wearing a gold, or putting on of apparel, verse 4. But let it be the hidden man of the heart, that which is, in, is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit. She was troubled by that. She says, Oh, Lord, I don't have a very quiet spirit. What, what does that mean? Now, pull verse 4 up in the Amplified. Verse 4 in the Amplified of 1 Peter chapter 3. Here's what a meek and quiet spirit means for men and women. Didn't Jesus say, hey, pay attention now. Didn't Jesus say, I'm meek and lowly? Didn't he say, I'm gentle? Didn't he say, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit what? What this is saying is a meek and quiet spirit is a gentle and peaceful spirit which is not anxious or gets worked up. (laughs) Anybody get worked up easy sometimes? But it is very precious in the sight of God. Say this with me. I'm gentle. I'm not arrogant. I'm filled with the peace of God. I don't get worked up. Because my life is in the hand of God. So what this is saying is being ugly, being arrogant and ugly is not precious in the sight of God. Anybody ever been arrogant before? Anybody ever been filled with pride before? God doesn't look at that as being precious. He looks at your spirit and he sees a spirit that's right with God, that is peaceful, that is humble, 
in his sight. And when he sees that, he says, I'm well pleased. And he says to us this morning, that will never, ever fade from your life. And so our beauty doesn't come from people, places, or things. Our beauty comes from who we are in Christ Jesus. Now I've got another verse I want to share with you. Look with me at Romans chapter 11. Look at Romans the 11th chapter. And I'm going to read it to you from the King James Version. And then we're going to look at it from the Amplified Version. Thank you, my brother. I appreciate it. Look at this, Romans 8 and verse 11. It says in the King James, it says, For the gifts and the callings of God, they are without repentance. Now here's something I want you to see. The gifts that God has given you, you will never lose. Say that with me. The gifts gifts that God has given me, I will never, ever, I'll never lose them throughout all eternity. Now, notice the amplified version of this from Romans 11. Read it with me. Go ahead. Ready, read. For God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. He never withdraws them when once they are given. And he does not change his mind about those to whom he gives his grace are to whom he sends his call. Oh, glory to God. In other words, the gifts that God's given you, they are eternal, they're irrevocable, and they cannot be lost. They never, ever diminish. Let's talk about some of those gifts. Has he not given you the gift of salvation? Has he made you his workmanship? How about the Holy Ghost? You know, when you get born again, you get the Holy Ghost. And when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you get an overflow of the Holy Ghost. But here's what he said about the gift of the Holy Ghost. He said, he gave us his spirit that would live with us and abide with us. How long? Jimmy, how long is it? And forever is a long time. Forever is a long time. And so I have no fear of losing his gifts. Think about it. He gave us citizenship in heaven. There's a mansion in glory with your name on it. Hallelujah. You will never lose what he gives. And so let these truths anchor you real strong in Christ Jesus. Meditate all day long about who you are in Christ. And the truth will set you you free. Amen. Praise God. Let's lift our hands in thankfulness to his word today. Father, thank you so much. Thank you, Lord.